Hello and welcome to Talk. I'm your host, Jeremy Hotel Marion. Today, we're talking to one of the most humble and interesting people I know, a man who grew up in outback Western Australia, who beat childhood cancer to become one of the most successful health and exercise specialists in Perth, Mr. Boo Barragall. Okay, guys, today I'd like to welcome Boo to the show. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Now, uh, let's just start off with um, what do you actually do? Uh, personal trainer. So I work in a gym, um, help as many people as I can through health and fitness. Okay. And, uh, and how did you find that to be your purpose? Um, well, I guess it's taken a long time. So I started, I started in mining, working mining for a couple of years. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess I'd always had like a passion for health and fitness. I worked, I mean, I sorry, I played um, sports when I was young and yeah, from there I just gained a passion for health and fitness. Obviously worked in the mining and then, um, yeah, I just had the opportunity to become a personal trainer and I did. So was there such a big drop in pay from, from going from, from mining into personal training? Um, oh, to start with, definitely, like mining, Mining can be really good money. It can it can be, I guess, not so good as well, depending on different ABA agreements and that sort of thing. But mining's it's good for the money. But then coming into personal training, I, I enjoy the job a lot more. And yeah, the pay, I don't know. It's it is important, but it's also not not as important as being happy. I guess. Mm. So so. Generally, the mental health is a lot better in, in doing what you love. Oh, 100%. Like if, if you're doing fly-in, fly-out sort of work and you're doing 12-hour days for, for three weeks and then you get a week off, to the mental health on that compared to being home every night with your family, being around your friends, doing a job that you love, helping people. Mm. Yeah, it's it great. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. So you started, when you started your journey as a personal trainer... How long did it take for you to get enough clients to where you were able to survive and, and, and financially? Um, well, I guess, well, from, from Firefly, I, I made sure that I had enough money in the bank to be able to... Um, oh, so you had a war chest. Yeah, but I also, like, I, I, I guess come from a family that ha- hasn't have, have a lot of money, so um, I tried... I've always tried to save as much money as I possibly could. So coming into that, I knew what was going to happen, that my my wage wasn't going to be anywhere near as much as what it was mm. to start off with. So, But I'd been working 12-hour days. So the 12-hour days, I ended up starting that as PT. So I was on 12-hour days, 13-day yeah. fortnights, basically, yeah. um, and did the hours that I was doing. And it wasn't any different. So... Yeah, I picked it up really, really quick. Within within two weeks, I had 20 sessions a week. Yeah. And how many clients uh, do you see now in a week? I see, oh, I have 40, 40 clients wow. in the gym, and then I have 10 to 15 online as well. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's really well done. Yeah. Now, um, you said you were in, into sport when you were younger, and I, and I know that you played in the junior leagues in the West Australian Football League, or yeah. Waffle. Yeah. How, how do you think that affected your your outlook on on your character and, and your and how, how it positively affected you as a businessman? Um. Oh, I don't. I guess. I guess to be honest, coming from like my parents aren't very sporty. Um, 
my me and my brother were super, super, super sporty. So everything that we did was we had to be, I guess, the best at what we did, especially in sports. So um, from year one to year twelve, I won champion boy every year um, through athletics and even into interschools in um, year eleven and twelve. That's when. So you've also always been a high performer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've always wanted to be, I guess, the best at what I what I was mm-hmm. doing. So um, being successful in, I guess, business has been the same. Being successful in sport as well. So I guess playing junior waffle and waffle and that um, has just yeah really helped me become, I guess, who I am today. Yeah, yeah. And you had some health concerns when you were younger. Yeah, I um, when I was when I was six, I got cancer in my right eye, cancer called retinoblastoma. Basically, um, I was sitting in the back of a back of a car, or my dad's car, and um, was sitting behind a seat and then went to go like move into the middle and look out the front windscreen. And I couldn't see out of my eye. And I said, oh, dad, like, I can't really see. And he's like, what do you mean? Um, what, are you, like, what are you talking about? So I covered, covered my real eye or well, now I have a prosthetic eye, but at the time, covered the eye that I could see out of, and it was just like a faint grey, um, yeah. And then we 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 lived on a farm actually at the time, and we drove to one of the one of the towns near where we lived, and um, basically the the optometrist was like, you need to go to PMH straight away, which is the the children's mm-hmm. hospital in Perth. Yeah, and um. Yeah, from from there, within within days, they removed my eye and now have pro- prosthetic. Mm-hmm. So it it wasn't just a, a a slowly get bad. It was like just that one day straight away. Yeah, well, like I think I from the start, like it was just one morning, I couldn't see, and then from there, I think the doctors had seen obviously how serious it was, mm. and they literally removed it, I think within two or three days. And I was in hospital for two weeks, but obviously it was pretty damn serious. At the time, like I was young, so I didn't really know, I don't know how serious it was. My parents um, were pretty obviously upset. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I had cancer, but yeah, it's it's all good now, so. That's good. And it's yeah. not usually one of those cancers that, that spreads? It's just nah, localized? Nah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, well, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that it's usually in newborns mm-hmm. um, and yeah I was, I was actually even though I was six I was quite young I was quite old to have that sort of cancer mm. so yeah that's amazing so from that happening to you at such a young age <clears throat> I'm sure you remember before before it was removed when you could see out of both eyes and and it, did it really affect you that much with school and, and stuff like that? Um, oh, not so much with school. I think like I... So you didn't experience any bullying or no one teased you or anything uh, I like was, that? I guess, pretty lucky in a sense, being the height that I am. Um, I was always... For our listeners, he's a pretty big dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I was always bigger than everybody, so I never really, I never really got bullied. Mm-hmm. I never, yeah, luckily, luckily, so... Yeah. And, and do you think it gave you, like, any gifts? Um, like there was a positive, like I'm, I'm the outlook that, that every, every story has a positive and you yeah. can learn a lesson. Do you think it gave you anything? Yeah, definitely. I look, I have, I believe a very positive outlook on life. Um, and I think, 
I think by something happening like this, I believe everything happens for a reason. So my opinion on it was there's obviously this has happened for some known reason. I don't know why, but I think that's in a sense why I got into personal training because I'm here for a reason. Um, I love to help people. I love health and fitness. So what there's no better fitting job, I guess. Mm. And I suppose also now you know how easy it is to lose something. Yeah. Without warning. Yeah, know. exactly. And like at times it's, it is difficult, especially when you go to the, I guess the doctor that does the prosthetics and you've got to get years after year it needs to, you need to get new ones. Yeah. Cause sort you, of thing. you grow. So you grow, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, because, because I'm growing and I haven't, I haven't got a new one for, for years. So it's like, it feels, it's like a little bit small, but. So now is that connected to your muscle tissue? Yeah, so basically what happens is, um, I guess the best way to explain it is imagine your actual eye is a tennis ball, mm. right? And then um, when that's taken out, there's obviously like a big open area mm. where your eye is supposed to sit. So what they do is um, they make a smaller ball, which is attached to muscle and that sort of thing that's, um, that sits in the socket. And then like imagine like a cereal bowl going over a tennis ball mm. and that's when that tennis ball moves mm -hmm. the the cereal ball moves and obviously the the bottom of the cereal ball would be the pupil and the eyelids hold that in so if you go and get a new one done how long is, is the surgery so it's it's more to be honest it's actually like a um imagine you're going to get a, a mouth guard fitted oh really it's yeah pretty quick yeah so um the biggest longest process is the prosthetic actually being hand painted yeah so that yeah you have a you have basically have a guy the doctor eye doctor um that molds the puts the paste into your eye socket it's pretty uncomfortable mm -hmm. cold and then they pull that out um shape it to obviously what's comfortable for you and then um literally hold it and look at your eye and paint mm -hmm. your eye so yeah obviously um an eye is, I don't know. Roundish? No, like the, the the actual, the pupil and all the iris and all mm. that sort of thing. Imagine so trying the, to paint that. But they're hand painted. Yeah, yeah. So they're not computer? No. Jeez, that's... And then the, the actual... Computer or something? The vein, the veins in the eye mm. um, is actually like red cotton. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you get um, to people sometimes when you make eye contact with you go like squint their eyes when, you, oh. when they first meet you? Yeah, I definitely get it. And I think um, it's something that I guess has un been uncomfortable for me, I guess, my whole life because I'm not like everybody else. I got one eye that moves and yeah, but one eye that... You've got to remember where none of us are alike. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd obviously like love to have two eyes because I see a whole lot less than everybody does, but it's yeah, it's happened for a reason. So mm -hmm. I think that's what's given me a good outlook on on helping people. And I guess you'd, you'd, it would help you with judging. You wouldn't judge people as much, would you? Because well, especially when you have somebody that has you know one arm or one leg or you know um, has missing hair or something like that. You know, like oh, a, yeah, that's a bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what I'm trying to say. I know. So, um, yeah. Because like, you know what, what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I know what it feels like. And yeah, especially, yeah. like, I've, I was lucky through my childhood not to not to get bullied. Like, I had an older brother that was that looked after me. I looked after myself, but mm. I never really got bullied. But I feel for I feel for the kids that, like, that get bullied. Does it, do, do you, I mean, you're a good looking dude, but do you feel, like, self-conscious when you go to places now? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, especially working in the gym environment where you have, I guess, so many different people that see you yeah. and look at you. And obviously when you look at someone, you look at them in the eyes. And um, for me, yeah, it can be definitely uncomfortable. Mm. And, and do you think it's affected your, your, your self-confidence? Oh, in a sense, yeah. 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 So by that, do you think that that your physical prowess you try and make up for it like you get super cut because there is that nagging oh I'm not 100% um oh, I tr- obviously I I know it's I, your profession yeah yeah but you know you've got personal trainers and then you've got boo yeah do you know what I mean yeah you're like 20% <laughs> better looking like physically and like that could be one of the benefits that it gives you that fifteen percent yeah, to well, push. I guess I guess having um, I guess having one eye and my name being Boo, it's sort of you're never really going to forget me. Very so, true. Yeah. Even if I guess I didn't really make an impact on your life at that time, you're still going to walk away and go, "Gee, I know a guy named Boo Radley, and he's got one eye." Yeah, and that's from to to kill a mockingbird. mockingbird yeah. Which character is that? Is that Boo Radley? Yeah. So is that the guy that they accused uh, of of killing the girl, and he and he only had one arm? Oh, uh, he no 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 no. So um, basically, there's obviously I think it's set in the 1940s in Southern America. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of racism, and as a white guy killed a black girl, but they pinned it on a black guy. They, yeah. So they they pinned so they yeah pinned it on a black guy, and then. Um, the black guy only had one arm. No, he didn't. Really? Yeah. Well, look at my no, thinking no. of. Nah. So, um, the the father of a daughter accused a black man of raping his daughter, which um, didn't happen. And then, so um, a white lawyer defended a black man, especially in that time. And is the white lawyer Boo Radley? No. <laughs> so, which character are you named after? I'm getting there. All right. All right. All right. So basically. Um, so the, the white lawyer defends the black man and he has two kids and there's in that the street that the two kids live on there's a there's a weird house that's covered by trees and it's dark and gloomy and there's an albino that lives in that house called Boo Radley. So and you the, got named after an albino. Well, in a sense, I guess I did. But the the meaning I guess behind it was not really I don't know, the kids no one really knew who this guy was, they'd never really seen him and there was all these stories made up about him and he ended up actually saving the kid's life because so the father of the um so the fathers of the daughter who accused the, the black man of rape tried to kill the um lawyer's kids oh really and then boo radley saved their life so he's the hero of the story i read that book in, in high school it's been a long obviously time. it's been a long long time <laughs> but i know it was a good book when i did read it <laughs> so you, now you're in a, a a committed relationship are you after being single for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in a relationship. Um, and how's that going? Um, yeah, really good. Um, 
I don't know really know what to say. I just then you, you where did you meet? You met at the gym. Oh, obviously. we met at the gym. Yeah, yeah. She. Um, so she's in the same industry as you, sort of. Yeah, she works in the car industry, but we met at the gym. I think it's it's good to be, I guess, have things that you both like. Similar but different. Similar but different. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, obviously, there's things that I like that she does, and there's things that she doesn't that I like. So um, yeah, but she honestly is, yeah, she's a legend. And she's a high performer, like you. I think I'd, I'd hope. I hope so. No, she definitely is. She definitely is. I um, yeah. I guess I, the last relationship that I was in was was super, super, super toxic. So um, yeah. Now that I've gone into a relationship with somebody who's just helps me in every single aspect of my life, yeah, I couldn't appreciate her any more than I do. Yeah. And I'm sure out of that toxic relationship, there were things to learn, which you... Yeah, which you and that learn. was the good thing about about Soph, because when we first got together, um, obviously when a lot of people get out of a relationship, they despise their ex, they hate their ex. Um, and she was actually the one that was like, you need to appreciate her as a person because she's made you who you are. And you've mm-hmm. learned those every everything that you've gone through in that past relationship has shaped you and... You, you know what you want, you know what you don't want. And that's so true. Like, I think if I hadn't been through that, I wouldn't appreciate her as much as I do now. Yeah. So how long was that relationship for? That was three years. So you learned how not to have a relationship. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, it was probably, it was probably two and a half years too long. So you learned, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I look at that as well, you know, like if you do anything and you fail, it's not a waste of time because you just learned how not to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's so true. Especially with the virus now, if there's people with their businesses that are they're failing and stuff like that, they've now learned how not to run a business. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's so many, so many, so many businesses are failing, and it's it's crazy the amount of people who do get into businesses that just I don't know work just make it week by week you know like i feel like if you if you're going to be in a, in a business like obviously you put everything you have into it but try and learn something too you know so did you do a business course before starting i didn't do a business course i actually because like i said i sort of fell into to personal training i knew that when i when i was playing footy and um playing cricket played state cricket um that that's the career that i wanted to to take and then um my dad, he's an engineer, and he basically was like, no, nah, there's no money in sports, blah, 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 you, you need to become an engineer. <laughs> and I thought, all right, um, so don't don't pursue the, the sport. So I basically gave up, I just gave up, and then um, just chased the money from 18, and then, yeah, fell into to personal training. Luckily, um, luckily, I guess, there's a good thing that did come out of my ex, because she worked at the gym at the time, and if it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't have... I would have never, never done it. I guess mm-hmm. I'd done the course, I'd done the PT course, but obviously when you first start, you got to put a lot of hours in, and it's you got to build up a client base. And when when you first start, it's, it can be really, really difficult. Yeah. And so, what gym are you working out of now? Uh, Raw Fitness. Um, so there's there's six or five or six, I believe, in Perth, south south of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really, really good club. Um, and what are the owners like? Good, really, really good. Really good people. Um, care about their 
they're workers big time. Um, they do a lot of training for us. And I guess it's, it's so good to be around um, like-minded people. Like when you work FIFO, you, you work with a lot of people that are obviously away from their family, away from their kids, and obviously there to make money. But now going into um, an industry where everyone obviously has their own businesses and they're trying to make trying to make a living but they're also super super passionate about it and then when you have owners of a gym or a franchise or whatever it is that genuinely care about their people it's it's makes it so much easier yeah yeah because they're helping you run a business and you're helping them yeah like they're just especially like i was saying being around other people who are like-minded so obviously if you were to you were hanging around five millionaires you become six millionaire you you hang around you know five whatever it is you you become so you're a measure of your herd you mean you become what you hang around with exactly right very true and um i guess now that you are where you're fairly successful you're branching out now online as well because you were saying before we started recording that you've got some online. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, so I started off um, with just the PT one-on-ones in the gym, and I guess I didn't pursue the online thing because I guess these days every person that's done a bodybuilding competition or that goes to the gym thinks they're an online coach, mm. and there's so much to learn. Like I know that when I was. I was training before I become a personal trainer. There's a massive difference between being able to train and teaching somebody to train. Mm. And then obviously going into online, it's a completely different thing. Like I, I want to be able to service each of those people individually and be personalized instead of the, I know what, right, one program for muscle building and one pro- program for weight loss. And then, oh yeah, you buy that. See you later. Yeah, everyone's like, different. Everyone is different. And um, I guess I wanted a better understanding of health and fitness and how to help people. And when you hit a roadblock, how to make you get that step forward and actually get over that and keep moving forward. Mm. So what? How, how do you measure your the success that you want to get in your life? Um, oh, I think because of the the money situation that I come from like we were we didn't super 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 struggle but we we weren't able to we want that we get it you know um like my yeah my mum did everything that she could to to help um and yeah like my my dad and that sort of thing they definitely helped but um I I super I see success as as money as probably not a good thing but I'd, I'm driven by money and successful being happy and I guess if you were to go week by week what's successful is if you have 40 clients a week and all of those clients lose weight or gain muscle and reach their goal you succeeded that week mm-hmm. going into the next week you might not gain you might not have 45 clients you may have still had 40 but as long as you're doing your job and you're, you're being obviously you're paid you're paid to help these people 
if, if they get to where they want to be, you're succeeding. Yeah, well, it's exactly the same. I can imagine, like, now when you finish a day, how you feel compared to how you used to finish a day when you worked on the mines. Yeah, so when, when you... And that's, that's a great point. So you, you finish a day in mining, yeah, you made money, you don't really feel that successful. So you, that's right, so, yeah, that is true. And then when I finish a day now, I feel like I have accomplished something. When you work in mining, me personally, I didn't feel like I accomplished a thing. I didn't go, oh yeah, great. Because it's just not your passion. It's not exactly not your right. Purpose. Exactly right. Now, so where do you where do you see yourself in in five years? Um, I oh. if everything goes to plan. If everything goes to plan, um, oh, I would obviously love to make my my personal training business, online business obviously bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'd love to have people work under me, but I also want, I don't just want it to be a numbers game. Like I genuinely do care about helping people yeah. where they want to be. And I guess there's there's so many people out there that have have a personal trainer or whatever it is that they, that they go and do and they pay for. And I don't want to be the sort of personal trainer that you have a client come in, um, pay you and then say, oh yeah, cool, see you next week. Like I genuinely want to help people get like I want to lose 10 kilos. All right, well, you, this is your goal in mind. You want to set, let's set a date and let's reach that. Like mm. that's, that's what I, I guess, aspire to be and be that person and aspire to do. Yeah. But in terms of, in terms of, of, of scale, is it something where you'd just be, want to be in Australia or have your own gym or, um, oh, or online? I know there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. In five years, I would... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really, I guess... Yeah, I have definitely some ideas. I'd like to... I guess owning your own gym when you... It's something that I'd love to do. But when, when you're up against, I guess, Anytime Fitness and... The big, and the big, big franchise big, places. Big franchise that have that $10 memberships. Like, you can't really compete with that. And especially when you start up a gym and you've got... Um, I don't know, just say... $500,000 in equipment, that's your outgoing straight away. Then you have your rent, you have all the other outgoings, and then you're having, you're bringing in, you got to, what are you going to try and beat? Beat these people with their membership prices? No, so they're, they're going for the, the cost. But I do know that there's a couple of gyms, um, one that Chris Pratt trains at, which is application only. Yeah. So you don't um, just pay a membership they've got to accept you as members and I think there's a couple in Perth as yeah. well and that, that like those I guess little studios that's what I would love to move into having like my own little I guess personal training studio because um, I'm sure you've turned away clients because they're, they're not a good fit for you in a sense um, I've I, I don't know I, I obviously want to help as many people as I possibly can but also when you have somebody who comes in to train and then they're like I want to train someone that's passionate about helping himself. Like if they come in and they're just oh, they want you, know, you to do it for them. Yeah, they just expect you to do the work for them. It's like I can tell you what to do. I can give you guidelines and and support and support you along the way. But I can't do the work for you. And I don't know. I guess one thing that is a little frustrating, and I know a lot of people aren't in the frame of mind and getting the best out of themselves every single day. But when you say to somebody, oh, let's do, let's do squats and let's get 10 reps and they get to eight and you know that they can get 12 and you go, let's, all right, let's go for 12 and then they crack it. 
It's like I'm not I'm not trying to be the bad guy here. I'm trying to help you exactly. be a better person. And and you can know you know what their limit is. Exactly. Like that you know? that's my job. I gauge I gauge that every single day. Like I alright, that person can do that much of that way, that person can do that much of that way. Like I know what you're capable of mm. and I probably know what you're capable of a lot better than you do. Oh yeah, for sure. For always. For anyone I've trained with Boo and yeah, he definitely knows your limits. He takes you right to the edge. <laughs> um, just, do you, do you get upset about the, the stereotypical, not the stereotypical, but what people think is the, the stereotype behind PTs? Yeah, definitely. Um, because, I guess because of the, the actual success rate of a personal trainer, um, because it's not very high, is it, once they go through the training course? No, not at all. So so of of the 100% people who pass a personal training, like Cert 3 and 4 in fitness, 6% will make it past the first 12 months. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a huge, it's not a huge success rate. I'm, get, I'm, I'm guessing that just drops off every year yeah, after that. Yeah, so personal training is, there's there's a lot of personal trainers out there, but it's also... You want quality over quantity. It's, mm. Yeah, you, there's a lot of PTs out there, so you've got to obviously find one that's passionate about it for one, that wants to learn, because no, no personal trainer or whatever um, qualification it is, what trade it is, you can always learn. You don't know everything. So I'm always obviously willing to learn. I'm wanting to always learn new stuff to better my business and better the people that I train. Really so inspiring. yeah basically as you're saying sorry the stereotypical type of yeah personal trainer is in personal training fitness is bigger now than it ever has been so there's a lot more money well we used to when, when i was in the army we used to call because we had pts in the army yeah if you weren't aware <clears throat> and we used to call them lobsters yeah because the the bodies are good but the their heads are full of shit yeah now i know now i i I don't think that way anymore, obviously, because uh, I was quite young. Um, but I'm sure there's people that when they, they come in or they think of PT, they think of someone who is obviously not very, well, not like university educated. Yeah. And all they do is work out and care about how they look. Yeah. I think I think you, you were right maybe a few years back, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago, 100%. But a lot of, a lot of personal trainers now... Um, are all a, a huge population of the ones who make it successful and make a great business of it have done uni degrees, done sports science, mm. done human movement. So, so the industry's changed all the better. 100%, yeah, 100%. There's still obviously a lot of people coming in and um, that go do their, their PT cert and then go to do it as a job. And it is, when you start, it can be very, very difficult to, to build a client base because you're learning, I guess. Yeah. You know? And I guess your body is your advertising for you yeah, guys. exactly. Because and you're I, not going to go and see a PT who's, who's a big, massive couch potato. You're going to go and exactly see right. you wanna, you wanna, it looks like a gazelle. Exactly. You want to be able to um, be taught by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, not have somebody who's like, oh, let's, let's do this when they can't do it themselves. Now, if, if, if there's one tip you could give um, in general for, for health for, for people listening um, what would it be? 
Um, oh, I guess for one, um, a lot of people think that it's all about it's all about nutrition or it's all about calorie this calorie that it is a big part of it of is your nutrition but a huge part of it is your exercise so if you think that your your calories in meaning your food versus your calories out so if you want to lose weight you got to burn more calories than you eat so you could eat a 10,000 calories a day but if you're not burning 10,000 calories a day or 11 just say you're never going to lose weight mm. you know you could be eating you could be eating 500 calories a day but if you're not burning 500 calories you're not going to lose weight so it's uh, yeah that's that's a big thing that for a lot of people go well I'm, I think oh, I'm eating healthy but as a matter of fact you might be eating healthy but you and you want to lose weight but you're not getting the calories out you're not using the energy up exactly right yeah yeah so, so you're pretty much just saying to to even all the people out there that you've got to move. Basically, yeah, calories in, calories out. Another huge thing is obviously when you first get into, I guess, a gym. You sign up and you you don't know a whole lot. I'm not doing this, I'm saying this over because of my business or any PT as a business, but there's so many injuries that are made in the gym because people don't know what they're doing. So it, I'm telling you, it it comes. It's up to you what you want to do, but if you want to learn how to do something or just even use the gym, pay the money to go see a personal trainer and learn how to do the correct movements so you're able to go. You don't need to train with that PT forever, but as long as you learn how to use equipment properly and the best thing is doing like free weights, so barbell, dumbbells, instead of using machines. Machines are good, but they take out a lot of the accessory muscles mm. that you obviously, you still want to strengthen. Like you might say you're doing a, a squat and you just use the leg press. It's going to use virtually, it is going to use the same muscles, but all the accessory stuff. For, yeah, balance you, and stability. Yeah, and you're not, they're, they're not going to be as good as no, if you were to squat. That's a really good point about if you go to a gym and you don't know what you're doing, seeing a professional, I see it all the time in my workshop. <clears throat> People have got no idea, they'll watch a YouTube video and then they'll make the problem yeah. twice as bad. Or get my mate to do it. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Obviously. So, if if there's something that you want to see change in the, in the, in the fitness industry within the next five years? Yeah, I would love to see, um, I guess, Bodybuilding, for one, has a really bad reputation. Reputation, yeah, exactly. Really bad reputation for steroids and this and that. And like, I'm, I see it. I definitely see why people think that. But it does suck when you work so hard to look the way you do with the physique, with the way you eat, the way you train, the way your lifestyle's completely different, and then because you're bigger than somebody else, are they like, you're on steroids. Mm. That's something that like, I'd love to see change. One, also that, um, yeah, like you were saying before, um, personal trainers and anybody in the fitness industry is uneducated because there's a lot of, a lot of educated people in the fitness industry that... So you like people's opinions to change that? Yeah, I think that's the biggest I thing. I think it is slowly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's mostly because you see all the advertisements for um, TAFE courses and, and stuff like that on fitness yeah. and university courses. Yeah, definitely. 
That um, that's an interesting point about people when they look at you and, and they judge you automatically assume you're using something because you're, yeah. you're bigger. And yeah. that's just their ego. And that's because it's their poor perception of themselves yeah. that they look at, at someone who's fitter, richer, better looking by society standards. Yeah. Um, and they have to pull them down. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, with, with personal training, a lot of people don't, don't realize that when you are a personal trainer, you literally are your own business. So it's not just you have somebody come in, you train them for half an hour or an hour or whatever, or you, you write them a meal plan. It's not just that. You've got to, you're literally running your own business. You're paying your own super. You're paying your own tax. You're paying rent out of a Oh, out of I a hear. Gym. No one has any idea how hard it is. Yeah. And like it's, yeah, you, these people support you. You support them back. That's a, running a running a business isn't isn't easy, as you know. Yeah, it's not easy at all. Yeah. But it's I guess what what you put in is definitely what you get out. Oh yeah, you know. Is that <laughs> is that so? Sending you a text as a client actually. <laughs> so um, I, I think we're pretty pretty um, pretty full bottle on now on what you do and and why you do it and. Um, yeah, thanks for coming in, and we'll hopefully get you on the guest. Uh, That'd be lovely. Later. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Always good. Thanks, buddy.